Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the Infinite Journey Podcast. I'm Paul James Caden, and today on the show, we are going to talk about ghosts. Do they exist? Some people say absolutely they do, and others say there's no such thing as ghosts, never have been, and never will be. So today on the Infinite Journey, we're going to have a little bit of a Halloween special today. And uh, since Halloween has been canceled in many places this year because of the virus outbreak, maybe it's a good time to sit back and listen to the show. It's going to be a little bit creepy. It's uh, hopefully going to have a little bit of spiritual food for thought. And I just thought it would be something fun to do. So let's start out uh, first and foremost. What I want to do here is actually tell uh, a couple of stories of things that I've seen in my life that made me a believer in things that go bump in the night. There's definitely uh, forces out there that we don't understand. But first, let's take a little bit of a spiritual look at this. You know, there's a lot of uh, religious and spiritual people who say, oh no, you know, the the dead don't come back, they go to heaven, or they lie in the grave until the resurrection, you know, at the last trump of God, but they, they certainly do not come back to earth. Some people are convinced that uh, any ghost that someone encounters is actually a demon or an evil spirit in the guise of one of their deceased relatives or a loved one or uh, just a random stranger giving us the deception and the illusion that there's ghosts, but they're really something else. And uh, I find it interesting to uh, note at this moment that, yes, absolutely, there are more malevolent forces out there in the universe. And we should never play around with uh, things supernatural or things of the paranormal. One of the top five don'ts in the science of paranormal investigation is never to provoke the spirits. Because you never know what it is you're coming up against. And when you see all this stuff on TV where, you know, they go in and start shouting and swearing and show yourself you coward, you this, that, and the other thing. Uh, That is more than likely fake. But if these people are on a real location, it just goes to show, uh, you know, they may be on TV, but they really don't know what they're doing. Because if you're in a location where there is an entity and that entity is non-human and malevolent, and you start challenging the spirit and swearing, uh, you could be in for a lot of trouble or cause a lot of trouble uh, for people that might live in a house uh, that's having a paranormal disturbance. So there's absolutely uh, malevolent forces out there, and you never want to provoke them uh, any kind of spirit by cursing and swearing and threatening and you know, calling them out like some kind of bully, uh, this is a big no-no. And if you're ever in a situation where there's something real uh, in your midst, 
you could be biting off much more than you can chew. But let's take a look at this notion uh, that ghosts don't exist. The, the dead don't ever come back. I am personally a believer that the spirits of those who passed on occasionally do uh, come back and visit us or bring us a message. You know, there's a lot of accounts of this kind of thing throughout history. I'm also uh, a big believer in uh, places that could be haunted. Now, hauntings... Everybody has a bit of a problem explaining why there are houses or locations that are haunted and not in a good way. They're, they're very scary. Uh, are these spirits that are stuck? Are these non-human uh, malevolent entities? You know, uh, opinions vary and it's something uh, I, I don't really think that in the realm of paranormal sciences has really been 100% answered with 100% fact. But looking at the spiritual side of this, uh, what would something like the Bible say about spirits being among us? And a lot of people use uh, the Bible to try to prove, well, you know, there's no such thing as ghosts, there's no such things as spirits. But if you look in the Gospel of Matthew in chapter 14, this is the account where we see uh, the disciples went out in the boat. It was late at night. Jesus stayed behind uh, to dismiss uh, a large crowd that he was uh, preaching to. And then it said he went up on the hillside to pray. And then in the wee hours you know, of the morning when it was still dark, he came uh, to the boat walking on the water. And at that time, there was a great storm and there were waves. And, uh, you know, the apostles were frightened and they saw Jesus coming. And they said, oh my God, it's a ghost, you know, and that they thought he was a spirit. But he said, you know, fear not, it is I. And, you know, he got into the boat and the wind and uh, the waves ceased. I've always found that, uh, along with many other people, uh, a very interesting uh, verse of scripture, because when the apostles see Jesus approaching, they say, it's a ghost. And he doesn't refute that. If there were no such things as ghosts or spirits among us, if it was an old wives' tale or an old superstition or demons walking around us looking like, you know, human beings trying to trick us that there's life after death or whatever the, uh, the MO might be there. I think there would have been some kind of discourse at that point from the writer of the book or from Christ himself to say, well, hey, now, wait a minute. Uh, let's talk about ghosts, you know, uh, but there's not. They cry out and they say, oh, it's a ghost. And he says, don't be afraid, it's just me. You know, he doesn't refute, and neither does anyone else in the boat or the writer of the book, that this was just a silly idea or a silly notion that it was a ghost 
that they were seeing. So that's that's an interesting uh, tidbit there that I've always found um, good food for thought when it comes to this topic. We also have in the book of Matthew verse, or rather chapter 17, the account of the transfiguration. And this is where Jesus goes up to the mountain. And he's with, uh, you know, several of his uh, uh, disciples that he, he took up the, uh, the, the hillside with him. And uh, this is when Jesus turns, uh, it says his clothes shone as white light. And, you know, he was just beaming with light. And there was Elijah and, a Mo- and Moses speaking with him. And the disciples that were with him became very much afraid. So... Moses and Elijah at that time were long dead. They were not on this earth anymore, yet there they were speaking to Jesus. They were spirits. We could say they were ghosts. They were coming to Jesus from another realm right here upon the earth. If the dead never ever return for any reason and all spirits are just demons wearing human faces, then was Jesus deceived? You know, and a lot of people will try to dance around it and say, well, but he was the son of God. He could, you know, do all these different things. But again, they, 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 they mix and match different scriptures where you know, and fail to realize where Jesus said, the things that I do, you will do also. What I do, what you've seen me do, what you've seen me partake of as far as the kingdom of heaven, it's available to you too in those who believe. So when it comes to the subject of ghosts and spirits, uh, those are two interesting verses of scripture to ponder. And of course, there are many others, but I just wanted to use those two to bring a little bit of a uh, spiritual reflection on the topic at hand. But now, that being said, let's talk about me and my personal experiences, why I believe there are things out there that we certainly don't understand. And I believe there are spirits, and I believe that there are uh, what we call ghosts. I've certainly had positive spiritual encounters. A lot of people have. People who have been in dire straits in their lives have had angels appear to them. Uh, deceased loved ones in a dream or right at the foot of their bed or in the middle of their living room and give them a message that everything's going to be okay and then they just disappear. So I believe these are heavenly visitations and for some reason or another, uh, God has saw fit to have someone's mother, father, sister, brother, whomever come to them from the heavenly realms and give them this message of hope. And I think that's because God knows who and what we will respond to uh, the best. Whether it be an angel, whether it be 
Christ himself, whether it be uh, a deceased relative, God knows what's going to speak to our heart in that spiritual, heavenly encounter and make us say, boy, you know, I really feel like everything's going to be okay. And I think that's why it's kind of different for everybody. But now again, since it's Halloween, I'm going to tell a couple of stories, uh, hopefully if I have the time to get about two of them in here, that made me uh, a believer in ghosts. This first story I'm going to call Mommy Help Me. And this took place when I was about, I want to say, 13 or 14 years old. It was summertime, and the family was in bed. All the windows in the house were open because it was, you know, kind of warm. And my brother and I shared a room at that particular time in the house that we lived in. And I had woken up, I want to say it was maybe 1, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock, you know. I would say it was the wee hours of the, the early, early morning when it's still dark. And I wake up, I turn over in the bed just to reposition myself. And suddenly in the backyard, and there was a window in the bedroom that was just at the foot of my bed, the window was open that overlooked our backyard. So I heard it distinctly from the backyard, this little girl screaming at the top of her lungs, Mommy, help me, Mommy, help me. And she's has like this panicked scream. It's like, Mommy, help me. Ah, ah, Mommy. You know, and I'm, I, you know, sit up in the bed. I'm suddenly jarred wide awake listening to this and, I was going to go to the window and look, but then I had like this eerie feeling like, I, I don't think I want to do that. Because the neighborhood we lived in, there were no little girls that age. I mean, this girl sounded maybe five or six, maybe, you know, around seven. I mean, there were younger kids in the neighborhood, you know, who were maybe nine or ten, but they were uh, boys. There were no little girls, you know, uh, that would be around, especially at that hour, outside by themselves. And uh, I find I found this kind of creepy, and I heard it several other times. And it always seemed to be in the spring and summer. Just wake up randomly in the middle of the night and hear this little girl screaming and, you know, wailing, you know, mommy, help me. And uh, one night, and this is now, it's a couple of years later, I'm about 15 years old. We had just gone to bed and my bed was in a different position looking out of the other bedroom window, which was right next to my bed. My bed was like right next to it. And, and this overlooked a little piece of property next to the house that had, you know, the oil drum. There was some shrubbery, and then it went into the neighbor's yard. 
And my parents were still up. And they had the dining room light turned on. And there were two windows in the dining room facing this same side of the house. And they had this old chandelier, you know, hanging in the the dining room. And when they turned that thing on, it lit up the whole side of the house. You could see like it was daytime out there in the bushes and by the oil drum. And uh, again, it was it was summertime. The window was open. And um, one of the bushes, I want to say it was a lilac bush, but I'm not sure about that. It it starts shaking very violently. And none of the other bushes around it are moving. And I, I move closer. I look through the screen. You know, the window's open. I don't see anything. It's not like there's so much foliage on this bush that you can't see if there's anything there shaking it you know and i don't see anything just the bush moving shaking and suddenly i hear the little girl but she's not saying mommy help me she's just moaning going ah ah you know so naturally i pull back from the screen i shut the window i pull the curtains and i say man Never again, never again am I sleeping with the window open, you know, right next uh, uh, to where something like that might be. I have no idea what this is. Now, fast forward that uh, to probably about a month later. We were at a friend's house across the road playing a game of kickball. And uh, the sky started to get dark, you know, it was thunderstorm was coming in so we all decided well we were going to go inside go inside my friend's house get a snack wait for the rain to be over and then you know go finish our game and uh, on the way into the house my friend's sister who was uh, probably about uh, a year or two younger than me you know she's walking next to me and uh, I look at her and I and I, I I've always loved the rain. I've always loved a good thunderstorm. So, you know, I looked at her and I said, man, I said, man, you know, I said, I love the rain. You know, I, I hope there's a lot of lightning and thunder. And she goes, not me, man. I, you know, I, I hate it when it rains. And I said, why? What are you afraid of thunder and lightning or something? And she goes, no. She goes, it just seems every time that it rains at nighttime, I hear this little girl outside the house screaming. And I just remember stopping. And I was like, wait, what? And she goes, yeah, every, you know, every time it rains when it's like toward nighttime, if I'm in the kitchen, uh, I hear this little girl sometimes screaming, mommy, help me outside. And one time it sounded like she was right by the window and I looked out and there was nobody there. So come to find out, she heard it, another girl heard it, one of the other neighbors heard it, everybody's hearing mommy help me, but nobody's saying anything. So we finally all concur, okay, you know, there's there's something going on here, you know, what, what the hell? And, uh, uh, you know, you could say that maybe it was just some of the neighborhood girls playing a prank, and that's something I thought of years later. You know, maybe my friend's sister said that 
uh, to see what my reaction would be, because maybe Mommy Help Me was her, or her other friend who was a girl that uh, allegedly heard, you know, this, this little girl. But the thing that discounts that for me is that a year later when I was 16, I went to live with my grandmother. And again, it was early spring. My grandmother lived out, you know, in the middle of nowhere, a little place called West Town, New York. And within walking distance, uh, there was a little convenience store, this little country store called Jimmy's Market. And I had walked over there for something and I was on my way back. And on the way back, you know, you pass one of the, the neighbor's houses, this big white house that had a, a fence around it. And at nighttime, they always had the, this big floodlight that just lit up their yard if it was on and the floodlight was on. And as I'm passing the neighbor's house, I pass, uh, again, it was a lilac bush or whatever this bush was, that same kind of bush, actually, that, that was shaking outside of my bedroom uh, window at my parents' house. And as I'm walking, I see this bush start to shake. So I stop and I look and there's nothing there. But what do I hear is the little girl. Ah. So at that point, I just take off running. I, you know, I shoot back to my grandmother, grandmother's house. I get in there and I'm thinking to myself, oh my God, it followed me. Whatever this is, it followed me. Uh, but that was actually uh, the last time I ever heard the little girl. Now, years later, I found out from some other people that um, just around the time, maybe about four or five months, uh, maybe six months before everyone started hearing this, there was an accident up the road from my parents' house, and uh, there were some people from the neighborhood. I, I knew of them, but I didn't know them well. Uh, I knew some of the kids rode the same bus as me and my brother, but that's as far as uh, knowing them went. But allegedly, uh, one of the uh, the daughters, there was a mother and a daughter headed into town, and there was a, uh, a car accident, and the car was badly mangled. The mother survived, but the daughter did not. And they said that the daughter was uh, probably in her 30s. And the car, the front of the car, was just folded up around her. She was pinned. And uh, she died in the car. And people that witnessed, you know, the accident from around the area said, though she was like in her 30s, she sounded like a little girl and she was shrieking, Mommy, help me. Just over and over again until, you know, she finally just passed away. There was, you know, no way to save her. So that was an interesting conclusion to that story that, you know, I didn't know. So although it was very creepy, you know, to hear this, uh, you know, little girl or what sounded like a little girl shrieking in the night, was it actually the spirit of that woman 
who didn't know she'd passed? Was she looking for her mother? Did this spirit follow me when I moved to my grandmother's house? Uh, because as they say, it knew or she knew I was more sensitive to these kind of things and was maybe looking to me for help. Shortly after I learned this information, I didn't know if she was still, uh, you know, trapped, if she was still wondering. Nobody'd heard her for a long time. But I did walk my parents' neighborhood and, you know, just pray and just say, hey, uh, I knew her last name. I didn't know her first name. The, fam the family's name was Burpo. So I just said, you know, uh, you know, Miss Burpo, uh, I don't know your name. I know you, you, knew, you died in a car accident. Uh, you were calling for your mother. You know, I believe I heard you. If, uh, you know, uh, looking for her, if you're still here, if you, um, if you can hear me, uh, you, you've passed. It's time to go to the light. You know, you're okay. And, um, you know, no one's ever heard uh, the shrieking girl since. So hopefully she found her way into the light, if that's who that was. And I'm more inclined to believe that it was because of, you know, how this woman passed and uh, what they say was she was saying and what she sounded like uh, before, you know, she passed away. So very interesting story and one that certainly, again, I had no idea about this person. I didn't know uh, about this accident. Uh, that, that somebody, you know, from, a, you know, across the neighborhood died in. Um, so to me, that's just kind of a confirmation that spirits do live on after death. And maybe sometimes they do uh, get confused or get stuck. So sometimes it may seem uh, very scary, but maybe it's just someone looking for home. So the next story I want to tell, I want to entitle, Something's in the House. And this is also one of my personal uh, encounters with the paranormal. This took place, um, again, in my parents' house, because right next door to my parents' house was another house that belonged to my mother's grandmother um, when she was a child. We basically lived uh, in the neighborhood that my mother grew up in. So her childhood house was right next door. Uh, we lived in what used to be her best friend's house when it came up for sale. My, my parents uh, bought it when I was like four years old. And so my mother's grandmother's house uh, was right next door and uh, it was empty for a long time my grandparents lived there for a little while and then they moved and no one was there for a number of years then my cousins uh, moved in next door for uh, you know several years um, their mother passed away and then they ended up moving out and the house was empty again for uh, quite some time, probably till about 1980 or 1981. And that house, 
we used to have a dog, and when we would walk the dog, there was the long walk and where you would take him down the road, and the short walk where you would take him around the backyard uh, through the house next door, which was empty. Nobody lived there, and it had kind of a big backyard. So around the backyard of what was my mother's grandmother's house, back up to our front yard, and then, you know, into the house. But the thing is, whenever you walked him in the evening, and sometimes even during the day, when you took him into the neighboring yard, into my grandmother's or my mother's grandmother's house, which was empty, you always felt like somebody was watching you out of the windows. And many times if you looked up, you would see like the shadow of someone standing there or just standing off to the side looking at you. And to me, it it always looked many times like a woman that was bald and had kind of a long, almost hooked witch nose. You know, but it was very, you know, very hard to see because it like, it was a shadow within the shadows, but sometimes you would see movement. And strangely enough, years later, my brother uh, said that he saw the same thing many times when walking a dog, and he hated going over in that yard. We both had uh, nightmares about that house when we were kids. And uh, somewhere along the line, uh, we ended up... uh, one of the neighborhood kids, I don't know, I don't remember if it was me or, uh, or one of the other kids, actually, uh, the back door of the house was one of those old doors that had like indented panels. I guess that was the decoration, you know, kind of look for back in the day and somebody kicked it. I, th- I think it was me, um, and knocked one of the panels out like perfectly. You could take the panel out, crawl in inside the house, come back out of the little hole, put the panel in, it looked like nothing was broken. No one would ever be the wiser that the panel was was broken. And uh, and we kicked it in because uh, there were some stray cats or a stray cat that had kittens underneath the porch of the house and they were going up into the house. But for some reason, rather than... Uh, calling animal control. My mother tells my older brother, you know, can you go over there and see if you can grab some of those kittens and we can take them to the humane society. And, uh, you know, you couldn't get them under the porch. So I think that's, uh, as I recall, that's why we, we kicked in the back door and went in. So one day, uh, I was at school. My brother was, was home. I think he was, uh, I think he cut school and went back home, uh, whatever the case was. But, he decided to go over. He he saw, you know, some of the kittens over there. So he decided to go see if he could, you know, uh, catch a couple of them. And he saw them under the, the, the porch and they went up in this little hole like they were going inside the house. So, you know, he had been over there uh, before up in the house, you know, looking for the cats. He and I both and one of our other friends uh, went up there, you know, scouring for the kittens when we kicked the panel off the door. 
And uh, he was over there just uh, a day or two before, and he said, you know, when you went in, you know, you were in the downstairs, you went upstairs, you hung a very sharp right uh, down a little hallway, and there was the bathroom. So he said he went in there all by himself. He thought, you know, some of the kittens were up there. And uh, he came up the stairs, and at the top, he turned and just happened to look, and the bathroom door was closed. And he knew, he absolutely knew that it was open, you know, a day or two before when he was in there. And he just stopped. And he said he had this feeling of dread, that something wasn't right. And he said he heard coming from the bathroom this noise. Uh, he said it couldn't have been a cat because it sounded very big. You know, it couldn't have been a, a, a grown-up cat. It couldn't have been uh, a kitten. But he said he heard this noise. Uh, it sounded, you know, very, uh, very big and very vicious. You know, something uh, making a noise, something similar to... <laughs> And he said every hair on his body just stood up and, you know, he like ran down the stairs, jumped through the little panel on the door, almost dislocated his, uh, <laughs> his shoulder trying to get through. And, uh, he said, never again, never again am I going over there looking for any freaking cats. And, uh, you know, there were... Strange things in that house all the time, even in the 1980s, when 80, 81, when another family moved in and we made friends uh, with the kids because they were our age. And it was a brother and sister, Dave and Mary. And me and my brother went over one day. We were hanging out with Dave downstairs. There was no one else at home. His father was at work. His sister was over, you know, one of the other kids' houses. So it was just us three in the house, downstairs, you know, in his room talking and, you know, listening to music. And uh, suddenly upstairs, like, it sounded like it was coming from the living room. We didn't go up and look. We just shot out of the back door and got the heck out of there. Uh, there was a sound of a baby crying, an infant crying upstairs but there was no baby you know in the house and uh so you know that was kind of creepy you know there was always things in that house that you couldn't quite explain and it always gave you a very um eerie feeling and it, it was years later uh you know that i i found out that the sound of an infant crying in, you know, uh, a haunted location or where there's paranormal uh, activity uh, could actually um, point to being their presence of a demonic entity. So that's pretty scary. Uh, but lo and behold, and I think there was something in that house that was just not right, you know, you could be in that house or stand there and look at that house when it was empty and you just got a feeling like if you went in there at night by yourself, uh, it would be like playing a Russian roulette. It, it was just creepy. And 
one day, this was in the summertime, this was after our friends Dave and Mary moved, the house was, you know, empty again. Uh, but we still went in the house. It became like a place where we, we would go and skip school. The school was just right up the road from, you know, our house. So we could go to school, you know, a group of our friends, ah, let's cut today, let's get out of here. And we just walked down to the neighborhood. And uh, what we had done is uh, pried open one of the bedroom windows, you know, of the abandoned house, pop the lock, and we just opened the window, go in, and skip school and hang out there. You know, there was a little convenience store up the road so we could go get lunch with our lunch money and, uh, you know, just hang out. So one day, uh, it's summertime, and I'm walking walking the dog. I take him on the short walk. I just take him through the backyard, you know, and up to the front where he did his final business on the uh, the the mailbox, you know, the mailbox post. And our mailbox was right next to the creepy house, which was now empty. And as the dog is doing his business, I hear this tapping sound. And I look up and I see someone standing in the bedroom window. It's broad daylight. And it looked like our friend Dave that previously lived there because it looked like they had reddish hair, um, a red sweatshirt. But I couldn't see a face. It was like it was Dave with no face. And he had uh, this strange kind of iridescent glow emanating from him and he's tapping on the window and he's motioning very hectically for me to come over and incidentally the window that he's tapping on right next to that on the porch leading into the same bedroom was the window that you would open and go into the house when we skipped school so i'm pointing to the dog i'm holding up my finger you know i'm going to put the dog inside i'll be right there and he's waving his arms frantically like, no, no, motioning, come, like like he's saying, no, come quick, come quick. But I don't listen. I just go, go run over to the front door, throw the dog in. My brother and one of our friends was in there playing a board game. And I said, guys, quick, you know, I think Dave's next door. You know, something's up. And, you know, he was a bit of a troubled kid. He, you know, he fought with his, his father a lot and... You know, we thought maybe he ran away and, you know, made his way back to the neighborhood and was hanging out in the old house. And I kept my eyes on the window. You know, I could see it from the front door. It's, you know, right there. I'm just looking at it saying, guys, I think Dave's over there. Come on. So, you know, if anybody was in that house and he had exited, uh, I would have seen. You know, and they were out in like mere seconds. We went next door. We went in the into the window, into the house, you know, we looked around the backyard, we looked everywhere, the attic, Dave, are you here, Dave, nobody, you know, we didn't see Dave again until months later, I mean, quite a few months later, and uh, I asked him about it, and he said, no, I was, you know, I was, uh, I was never over there, you know, and that would have been uh, quite a hike, you know, from where he moved to, you know, to ride a bike or walk, you know, and he, he certainly would have been seen fleeing the premises. Um, but he was never there. But I saw it clear as day, you know, some, someone or something that looked like Dave tapping on the window, motioning very frantically for me to come over, 
waving, you know, his hands. No, no, you know, don't, you know, how people cross their arms and do that, that motion like, no, no, you know. So who or what was tapping on that window and wanting me to come over? What would have happened if I did? What would have happened if I went over there with the dog? What would have happened if I threw the dog inside and just ran over by myself and opened that window and stepped into the very bedroom where this thing was? I definitely still believe to this day that there was something in that house that um, was not a human spirit. It was not um, a person. This was a non-human entity. I think it was malevolent. I think it had bad intentions. And uh, I think at least on two or three different occasions, it tried to lure kids from the neighborhood over there by themselves for whatever purpose. But thank goodness none of us uh, were ever, you know, dumb enough to be like, oh, okay, I'm going to go. You know, <laughs> we, we, you know, we ran away. But um, just another story, another spooky story that confirms to me um, there are things out there we don't understand and we we have to be careful when we encounter the supernatural or the paranormal. And, uh, you know, incidentally, the story with Dave or whatever was in the window, uh, it was summertime, it was um, broad daylight. The sun was out, sun was shining. Uh, I saw very clearly in the window you know, I, I heard the noise. I was looking at the dog, you know, when I heard uh, the tapping on the glass that got my attention and I happened to look up. So what was it? What was it masquerading as Dave? You know, I and for what reason? I guess that's uh, a mystery that we'll never know, at least not in this lifetime. So, folks, I hope you enjoyed our little uh, Halloween special here on The Infinite Journey. I appreciate you listening. I hope uh, in the beginning, you know, we got a little food for thought to think about this idea of spirits and ghosts. I hope you found the stories uh, entertaining, thought-provoking, and uh, maybe a little creepy. I mean, for me, anyway, uh, the house next door... Uh, that's definitely, uh, I, I, I still have dreams about that house once in a while. And just to think about it, I can get goosebumps because that place was, was not right. So folks, thanks again for listening. I appreciate it until next time. Stay safe, stay well, and I'll talk to you next time here on the infinite journey podcast.